Worship emphasis, emphasizing worship. Yesterday, I listened to the message that Brother Dick had. It was an amazing word about the heart of worship. And thank you for your kind words, but I actually have written here some words about you. Because before I go on, I want to say that I have learned more about worship from this man than from all the other people in all the other countries that I've ever been in. He is a tremendously gifted and insightful teacher, not just in worship, but especially in worship, um, and an incredible gift to Elam. And so, thank you. Um, I listened, yeah. I, I listened to that message yesterday, and I was like, how am I going to follow that? Thanks a lot. Um, so he talked about the heart of worship. I'm going to try to teach a little bit and then preach a little bit about forms of worship. Forms of worship. When we say worship in the church today, what do you think of? What we just did, right? Thank you. Yeah. We think of a time of singing worship songs, right? That's worship. But I'm here to tell you that in the Bible, long before David started mixing worship with music, worship had nothing to do with music. And I'm going to show you a couple of forms of worship that have nothing to do with music because we're supposed to have all of them. And it's a mistake to always automatically go to a time of singing. Um, hopefully this will make sense to you. The very word worship in the Old Testament has nothing to do with music. The word itself is the first form of worship. So the first form I want to teach you, and there are no slides, um, just because. The first form of worship I want to teach you, it's about a physical act of bowing down to God. But I need Pastor Mike to come up to demonstrate this. Now, if you could stand right here for just a moment and face me, and then I'll, I'll come right back to you. The first form of worship that Abraham did that we see in the Bible was bowing down to God, prostrating yourself before God to show reverence, to show awe. So if I was to greet Pastor Mike the normal Western way, I give him my hand, we're, means we're kind of equal, right? Okay, but what, I know, <laughs> viruses today, it's, viruses. It's a normal exactly. But what if I did it in more of an Eastern way and I bowed? What am I showing? Respect. What if I did it this way? What does that show? If, if I get down on one knee, now he must be someone of importance. What if I did this? What would that mean? Think about it. This is the definition of the word worship used in the book of Genesis, in the book of Exodus, in the book of Numbers, prostrating yourself with your head and face on the ground before God because God 
is so much that reverence and awe and honor and respect, uh, Lord, I just, I bow to you. And the word bow is the word worship. It's the same word. I respect Pastor Mike very much, but I would never bow to him, would I? I would never get down on my face and worship, but worship. Do you get the idea? Falling on your face. And Pastor Mike is a wonderful man, but it stops at respect. But bowing, oh, I just, oh, Pastor Mike, please lay your hands on me, please. It says something. Thank you, sir. Anybody got hand sanitizer? No. This form of worship, I want you to listen. Genesis 24, 48. Just listen. And I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for a son. This is the servant that was sent to find a son for Isaac. Oh, I'm saying a wife. A wife for Isaac. And he finds the wife... And this is what it says he did. I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord. Where's the music? He wasn't singing. Listen. Exodus 12, 27. That you shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord. So they're saying, what do you tell your kids? What do you tell the next generation? This is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. Listen. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. No music. No singing. They bowed their heads and worshipped. Exodus 34, 8, and Moses, this is Moses talking to God, and Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. The first form of worship was the physical act of bowing before God in recognition of the blessings and the, the, the goodness and the power and the holiness of God. It was an expression of reverence and awe. It was a physical, visible expression of reverence of God and had nothing to do with music or singing. It was how you hallowed God. It was how you honored God. As a matter of fact, what's interesting is that very often it didn't include words. And when it did, the words were in the form of a prayer. Now, I need you to get a hold of this because worship at its core is honor and reverence and awe and respect, hallowing the name of God for all that he is. And the first form was physical and in praying, saying words. Had nothing to do with music. And we've lost this. We've lost the sense of just falling on your face before God and, and just hollowing Him with something that says, I don't have to sing, I don't have to dance, but I'm in awe of Him. I, I, I can't lift my head. He is so magnificent, so holy, so wonderful. And I get we like music, but I'm going to get to music. 
But the first form of worship has nothing to do with music. It has to do with how great God is and physically showing that. Now, this form, I have to stop and I have to read something to you because this form was always connected to obediently serving the God you bowed down to. Let me, let me read to you from the book of Deuteronomy. And this is God talking to Israel, starting in chapter 4 and verse 15. Listen to these words that God is saying. Take careful heed to yourselves. Now, when God says take careful heed, it's like me coming up, grabbing you by the shirt and saying, you better listen to me, boy. You got it? Are you listening? Okay, that's God. Take careful heed. He's saying, you better listen to this and you better listen very carefully. Take careful heed to yourselves, for you saw no form of the Lord who spoke to you at Herob out of the midst of the fire. And God had come down and spoken to Israel. They heard his voice, but they didn't see anything. Bless you. Are you done? Okay. Take careful heed to yourselves, for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Herob. Out of the midst of the fire, lest you act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved image in any form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of an animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, or the likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth. And take heed, lest you lift your eyes to the heavens. And when you see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the host of heaven, you feel driven, listen, to worship them and serve them, which the Lord your God has given to all the peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage. Why does he add worship and serve? We immediately see this word serving them connected to worshiping them. And we're going to see it a lot. This word serving Listen, if you've got a pagan idol, let's make an image. I don't have an image. I need an image. Sorry, you can fix it later. I'm going to make an image of my God. Oh, there's a cord. Okay, we'll do it here. And I make an image, and I say, Behold, the God that brought you out of Egypt, which is what they did. They made a calf. Then they bowed down physically. There it is. They bowed down like this, and they served it, meaning whatever that God required they had to do. Do you want that God's blessings on your crops? Then you have to bring sacrifices. Do you want that God to make you fertile so you have children? Then you need to do whatever that God says. Worship automatically connects to serving. You can't have one without the other. Serving connects to worship. As a matter of fact, it's so strong that in the Ten Commandments, listen, Deuteronomy 5, 7 to 9, you shall have no other gods before me. This is the Ten Commandments, people. This is the big one. You shall not make for yourself the carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath the earth. Listen, you shall not Bow down to them nor serve them. Right in the Ten Commandments. Bowing down to, worshiping, and serving go together. 
Jesus repeated it when the devil came to him and said, if you just bow down and worship me, I will give you all of these kingdoms. What did Jesus say? Away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Immediately upon saying the word worship, you say the word serve. The two go together. And this is something the church has lost because they forget you can't worship someone you're not serving. Worship without serving isn't really worship. I'm going to come back to this. But this is, this, oh my goodness, it, it shows up so much. If you bow down to someone, you serve it. I'm just going to, th- just going to throw out some, these are all in Deuteronomy. Listen. Chapter 8, then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow after other gods and serve them and worship them. Constantly connected. Chapter 11, take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. There it is again. 17, these people who have gone and served other gods and worshiped them, either the sun or the moon or any host of Worshipped and served. Chapter 29. For they went and served other gods and worshipped them. Gods that they did not know and that he had not given them. Chapter 30. And this is just Deuteronomy. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are driven away and worship other gods and serve them. I'm repeating these words over and over because I want you to get. The minute you say bow down, the minute you say give reverence and awe, The minute you honor by humbling yourself and submitting and bowing down to God that is connected to choosing to serve that God and you cannot have one without the other. When we talk about worship as a lifestyle, what do we mean? That you serve that God that you worship. You obey what he says. You do what he, because the two go together. You cannot worship something without serving it. If you serve it, you're worshiping it. Now, this is important. Now, the second form of worship is something you probably won't like. Okay, the second form that we see in the Bible, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to call giving God offerings from the blessings he's given to you. You think that's worship? Listen, Deuteronomy chapter 12 This is a weird passage. God is talking to Israel, and he's warning them. Listen, these are the statutes and the judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord your God of your fathers is giving you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. Okay. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispossess served their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree, and you shall destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, burn their wooden images with fire. You shall cut down the carved images of their gods and destroy the names from that place. Well, that's simple. Destroy their gods. Then he says these words. Verse 4, chapter 12. You shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. The next verse. But... And then he tells them how to worship. You shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses, which is going to be Jerusalem, out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place. And there you shall go. Listen, there you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings 
of your hand, your vow offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks, and there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand, you and your household, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. So what is he saying? This is how they worship. They make an image. They make an idol. They bow down to it. They bring, they bring food to it. They bring sacrifices to it. They sacrifice to these images. And you're to destroy all of that. You are not to do that. The way you are to worship God is you are to take 10% of everything God gives you. You're to take your offerings. You're to take everything. And you're to give them to God out of what he's given you. And then eat them before God with joy and rejoice. Worship that was told to Israel was said to give God out of what he's given you as a form of worship. Now, I'm not talking about your money. I'm talking about everything. Tithe was just one of the things mentioned. The idea here is the two first forms of worship, one was a physical act of bowing down and praying. The other act was saying, God, you've blessed me. So I'm going to take from that blessing and I'm going to bring it to you and honor you with the blessings you've given me as a form of worship. And then I'm going to eat that thing in your presence with joy, rejoicing in all the blessings you've given me. See, all the other pagans, they said, sacrifice to your God so that your God will bless you. Our God says, bring the offerings because I've blessed you out of the blessings that I've given you. We don't worship God with our offerings to get him to do something. I don't give tithes to the church to get God to do something. I give tithes to the church because God's already blessed me. It's a way of honoring God. So here's my question to you right now, before I go any further. If you really want to worship God, does it cost you anything? Did it cost the Israelites anything? Take your offerings, your calves, your cows, your, the firstborn of your flock, your fruit of your field, your grain, your tithes, everything, and bring it to God and give it to God. And giving to God out of what he's given to you is worship. What concerns me is that we think worship is honoring and praising God, which it is, but that it doesn't cost anything. It does. It's a good thing, but it costs something. Now, biblical worship. All right. When did music come into play? How many of you know the first time we see music with worship? What is it? David. Wrong. Good guess. Yes. Thank you. Moses wrote a song. Miriam danced. The women, whatever they did, had musical instruments and danced and sang because they were delivered from the Red Sea. The first time we see them worshiping God with music was when Moses was writing a song about the victory of crossing the Red Sea and the Egyptians being drowned. I want you to notice that the first worship song was about the killing of the Egyptians. The second one is a prayer of Moses, which is Psalm 90. It's a prayer put to music. Moses wrote a prayer, put it to music, and it was sung. It, 
it's a prayer. And the third one was in chapters 31 and 32 of Deuteronomy. Moses, at the end of his life, writes a song. And he says, and God actually told him to, let the children of Israel sing this song. And it's all about how wonderful and faithful God's been and how awful and unfaithful the Israelites have been. I mean, it's a depressing song. God is good and you guys are a bunch of jerks. God is good and you keep blowing it. And they were supposed to sing the song to remember how faithful God has been and how awful they have been. Well, so far we really don't have a worship service. Then Deborah and Barak defeat the Canaanites and the two of them sing a song about the victory over the Canaanites. Until the time of David, that's pretty much it. So when they win a battle, they're like, let's dance and sing. I get that. But until David, there is no adding of music to it. There is no worship. Now, this is where I want you to understand. Music and singing were added to worship as a new form or an additional form, but it's not meant to be the only form. This is the problem. So I asked myself a question. Why does the church focus so much on worship music? Why is that the form they immediately go to? If you say to the church, hallelujah, you get to worship God by giving 10% of everything he gives you to him. And that's your form of worship. You get to worship God by praying on your face. We're having a week, or what is it, a 24-hour period, right? So you're going to go 24 hours. Do you really think that singing is what it's about? You need to get this. So I ask myself, why is it that the church gravitates towards a worship music service? So I'm going to give you three reasons why I think this is the case. Things that have caused the church to focus on music. Number one, let's be honest, music is fun. Now, it's not for me because I'm dead inside, but <laughs> literally, when it comes to music, I, I feel nothing. I'm a completely dead, like, zombie. I just don't feel it. I can't clap to music. I can't clap to a beat. I don't feel rhythm. I don't feel music. It doesn't move me, stir me, anything. I'm dead. Okay, I'm unique. Most people enjoy music. Does anybody enjoy music? It's fun. Anybody like to dance? <gasps> Sinners. Okay. <laughs> music is fun. Okay. Is giving God 10% of what you have fun? Is it exciting? Do you go, oh, hallelujah, I get to give money to God? Music is fun. So the church automatically gravitates towards the fun, easy thing and shies away from the harder thing. Let me ask you, is getting down on your face and praying with complete abandonment, humility, and submission to God Honoring him with your words and your heart as fun as singing and dancing a wonderful, exciting worship song. It's harder. It's actually work. So, of course, the church likes music. It's more fun. But there's another reason. Music moves us emotionally, doesn't it? Well, you guys, anyway. And it seems that when we play music, we're more able to feel the presence of God. Somehow that music stirs us and moves us. I mean, music can move you to tears. 
And so worship music, it just, it just opens us up and we feel the presence of God. But you know what the problem is? Because music is such a powerful instrument to move the human soul and body and, and mind and emotions, people often confuse being moved by the music with the presence of God. They're enjoying the music and they're saying, I feel God's presence. Guess what? An emotional experience of music that you love does not automatically mean you're feeling God. You need to understand that music is a powerful instrument. As a matter of fact, cults use it to help indoctrinate their people. Do you know that we can use music to put you in a certain mood? Upbeat music will excite you. Go to a funeral. They're not, pray, they're not singing there's power in the blood. They don't sing anything upbeat. Why? Because it's a time of reverence. It's somber. Music can bring you down. Music can comfort. Music can stir. Music can inspire. Music moves us. Which means music is very dangerous. Music is dangerous because music, you can confuse worship music that you enjoy with thinking that you've now actually entered into God's presence in worship. Also, and I just have to say it, secular music, the, word, the ones with bad words, the ones with a negative view of life, ones that are spiritually damaging, can have a powerful negative effect on us. So I'm not saying don't listen to secular music. I'm saying you ought to be very, very careful what kind of music you're listening to because it will affect you positively or negatively. And if it has a negative effect on you, I'm going to say stop listening to it. I remember years ago, Brother Stacy Klein sitting back there giving us the testimony of when he got saved and he had to stop listening to The Doors. Great band. Because it had an effect on him. And it was years before he could listen again. Okay? He was smart. He said, if it's affecting me negatively, I need to stop. It's not about the music. It's about the effect that it has on you. So let's go back to why people choose worship, because I need to finish. If music stirs us, if music is fun, and it has the power to engage us, what are we doing to make sure that we have both kinds of worship included with that? How are you worshiping God? We so emphasize the fun and joy. But look, I have no problem with worship services. I think they're wonderful. I wish you had more of them. But I wish you as a group had all three forms of worship. And that you understood that when you get something from God and you give back to Him out of that, whether it's money or your time or your talents or whatever He gives you, that you're actually saying to God, here, God, here is my offering. Take my offering. There you go. This, you've given it to me, now I give to you. And you're worshiping Him. And something inside you in that moment is just in honor of Him. I want to honor you with what you've given me. You're so wonderful. You're so amazing. You're so... Thank you. That's worship. And getting down on your face and saying a prayer in God's honor and saying you are the maker of heaven and earth is worship. And you don't have to have music to worship. As a matter of fact... Music is only one form of it, and it's so often, I'm sorry, we confuse the excitement of the music with what true worship is. 
Now, he talked about the heart of worship. What an amazing message yesterday. I listened to it, and I was just sitting there just like goosebumps, literally. Like I was like, wow, that is so right there, the heart of worship. What form of worship are you using? Is it just music? Is music the form you run to? When you pray to God, is it just asking God for things or are you worshiping him in prayer? How many of you actually get down on your knees or actually get down on your face? Why do we stop doing that? What happened? Abraham did it. Moses did it. David did it. Go right through. But we stopped. We don't do that anymore. We pray, standing up, sitting down, however we feel. What happened to physically showing God we honor you? What happened to bringing our offerings to God? When I was asked to do this, Gabe and I were talking, and he said, teach on worship. I'm like, I can't do that with Brother Dick there. It's like me offering a piece of toast to his gourmet meal. Come on. I'm going to be embarrassed because I'm going to say stuff, and he's going to be going, because he's the expert. But this topic actually applies to me because I don't feel music. Because I'm one of those rare people who isn't moved by music, good or bad. I'm dead inside. What can I say? When it comes to music, there's nothing there. Therefore, I had to search the scriptures for alternative forms of worship. I had to look into the scriptures and see how does it really teach that you can worship God. Because if it's just music or that's the main way, I am of all people the most miserable. But it's not. And I worship God, I'm going to bet, probably better than some of you. And I can't sing a note. And you'll notice during worship, I sit down, I don't sing, my mouth is closed. I'm worshiping. In my mind, in my heart, I'm talking to God. I'm, 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 but I can't sing. And if I do, people around me cry. <laughs> so here's my question. How do you want to worship God? When a pastor says to you, you need to be giving to the kingdom of God. Don't think, okay, there's a rule I need to keep. Think, I have the opportunity to bring my offering before the king of kings and lay it at his feet. Here's my offering, God. And he says, look, someone's worshiping me. Look, they're giving me worship. That offering is our form of worship. Think of it that way. When you give God your time, your life, your energies, your money, everything, you're worshiping Him. And when you have that 24 hours, please practice falling on your face. You will find that when you humble yourself physically, there's something that happens inside of you that says, I'm physically showing what I feel, that I am nothing and you are everything. That you are magnificent and awesome and amazing and all I can do is just bow before you. It's actually an amazing form of worship that will stir your heart like you've never felt. And the next time you're enjoying a worship song, enjoy it, but think to yourself, am I enjoying the music or am I enjoying God? Really, really. Because so often we're just enjoying beautiful music, and that's okay. But that's not worship. Worship is enjoying God.